after these messages will be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hello everybody welcome to after these messages the podcast where we talk about tv commercials Talk about the really good ones, the really bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. No, your MP3 player is not broken. That's an actual commercial for a product called Head On. I'm not exactly sure how you use it, though. My name, by the way, is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with co-host Genevieve Has. Hey, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. Any idea how to use Head On? Uh, I do know how to use Head On. Uh, and I do want to say quickly, um, thanks to listener Jeremy, who actually posted that to our Facebook page. Uh, I was once so hungover uh, that I woke up and I was willing to try anything. Uh, so in addition to a lot of caffeine and a lot of Advil... I saw um, uh, a head-on at CVS, and I, uh, I did put, I did buy it and use it. But surprisingly, um, putting chapstick directly on your forehead does not cure headaches. Yeah, should we describe? So I don't know if you guys have all seen that commercial, but um, yeah, head-on is like it's a big, it's like a glue stick. It's like an oversized yeah. chapstick or a glue stick thing, and you're supposed to apply it directly to your forehead, according to some uh, commercials I saw, and. Uh, it, it is a complete coincidence that we use that open tape today. It really is. But I actually do have a headache. And you just brought me the generic ver- – not the generic version, but the uh, Badger version of head-on that you bought, what, whatever it was, a year ago. It's called Badger Headache Soother, and it's like head-on. Should I try it? Yeah. I mean, it won't is cure it your headache. Me, is it going to give me pimples? What's I, it going to feel like? It's going to feel like chapstick. Is it going to tingle? No. You're going to smell a little bit of herby smell. All right, I just did it. I just put it one streak across my forehead. I will probably break out, and uh, and then everybody's going to laugh at me. And then I'm going to have to get another product that I put directly on my forehead to fight that. <laughs> what are we? We're not supposed to be talking about headaches today. What are we talking about on today's show? Uh, we're talking about response ads, um, by which I mean ads that uh, specifically respond to uh, a competitor's ad campaign uh, targeted at them. So, you know, we've all heard of ad wars, you know, any product category where there's, you know, one or two major competitors, Coke, Pepsi, um, you know, the the major phone carriers, any category like that, the campaigns often kind of take shots at each other. But what we really wanted to focus on were those ads where they specifically take on the language or the visuals in somebody else's ad campaign and turn it against their competitor to varying degrees of success. It's kind of like the diss track of the commercial world. Yes, sort of. thank you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about those. Also, a Super Bowl right around the corner, as you guys may or may not know. Honestly, not even sure. Are we allowed to use the word Super Bowl? Do you know there's all kinds of rules oh, about like marketing around the Super I know. Bowl? And do we have to call it the, the Big Wahoo Game or something? <laughs> that, you know, some some podcasts that I listen to do use sort of elliptical language about it. I'm my my position is. Sue me. Sue me for what? Sue me for what? (laughs) As was once said in by far the best Rocky movie ever, Rocky V. Sue me for what? Anytime we we get into any legally dicey territory, Andrew and I just say to each other, Sue me. Sue me for what? Sue me for what? All right. And also, we will, of course, check in with the Ad Council, as we always do. That's you guys. Uh, We actually got an email from somebody who sent us an old VW ad that actually sheds light 
on a joke from one of our TV shows, Arrested Development, a joke that I'd seen in Arrested Development probably a hundred times and didn't know it was a reference to an old ad. We'll talk about that. First, though, let's start with a voicemail, actually, from one of our youngest ad counselors. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Andrew and Genevieve. This is Aaliyah from Ohio. I saw this really funny T-Mobile commercial. They use balls... Like little balls to tell how they were better than Verizon. And then a Verizon commercial came on, and they used the exact same balls T-Mobile used, but they used them to show how they were better than Sprint and T-Mobile. And then a Sprint commercial came on, and it used balls to tell about how they were better than Verizon and T-Mobile. And I thought that was really funny, because I think all those phone companies copied off of each other for the balls to show how they were better than each other. I just thought that was really funny. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. I am so thank you, Aaliyah, for the phone call. Um, I, and by the way, if anybody wants to call in, uh, no matter what your age, although we do love hearing from the youth of America, call us at 607 444 5597. That's 607 444 5597. Those commercials, I, I think we've all seen them now. We probably don't have to describe them more than Aaliyah already has, right? They're the big balls going down the chute, and they're supposed to be proving some point about data speed, data rate based on polling and honestly when i see these ads vives no matter what it is whether it's these these balls going down the chute whether they're the 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 t-mobile maps and the coverage areas and they're throwing stuff like lte out there like it all like i'll watch the visuals but it never plays into my decisions when buying a phone yeah um thank you alia for calling in about that and for for bringing to my attention that there were these two are that these three ads that all play off the same idea, all responding to the original Verizon ad where they have a bunch of colored balls representing um, various awards and accolades. Uh, and of course, in their version, uh, their Verizon shoot gets the most balls. Verizon's um, the one that kicked it off. I think the Verizon's way. the one yeah. that kicked it off with the, the balls uh, of different colors uh, sort of rolling down a, a little hill into mm-hmm. to various uh, buckets. Um, they have been in constant rotation with these those ads. And so it's not that surprising, I guess, that their competitors, T-Mobile and Sprint, would um, would try to try to fight back. But I do agree with you, Andrew. Like, I've seen that Verizon one a million times, and all I remember is colored balls. Yes, I don't remember yeah, anything yeah, about... Too. I'm glad I'm not the only I, one. I don't remember anything about, like, which you know, consumer ranking, who got what, why it matters. Like, it's just visual. And I guess that's the point. Um, I certainly don't care about um, the specifics that they're giving us. But I guess maybe, I guess, you know, it really got to T-Mobile and Sprint because you want to talk a little bit. Of, so you want to talk about the T-Mobile response. And, and and Andrew, you told me something interesting today about these two these two responses, the Sprint and the T-Mobile response. I don't, I don't think I've ever said anything interesting in my life, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but actually, let me, uh, let, let's just start uh, with a, some audio from all of these. We'll just play them back to back, and you can listen. Obviously, they're very visual, but um, you can also hear kind of um, how each company is kind of going after the other. So here's the original one from Verizon. Rootmetrics, in the nation's largest independent study, tested wireless performance across the country. Blah, Verizon blah, 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 won blah. big with 153 <laughs> state wins. AT&T got 38, Sprint got 2, and T-Mobile got 0. 
Verizon also won first in the U.S. for data, call, speed, and reliability. AT&T got text. Stuck on an average network? Join Verizon, and we'll cover your cost to switch. I literally don't know what any of those words mean. No, I, I watched it a whole bunch of times today. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I honestly don't know what LTE is. And I'm not saying that it's so far out of the realm, like, I couldn't learn. No. I know that plenty of people listening right now could completely explain to me what LTE is. But hold your fire. The, the point is I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just – it is all just so blah, blah, blah. And I love – I do love the idea of companies saying, okay, this, our competitor just released this very very visually stunning ad, and now we're going to release a response to it. The interesting thing I think you were referring to, Genevieve, is it uh, turns out that T-Mobile and uh, Sprint released their response ads to this on the exact same evening, and they did it apparently, they say – it was a non-coordinated thing. They were both just working on response ads, diss tracks, if you will, and then and they didn't know what the other company was doing, and they both released them on the same day, the if same evening. Really, as if that's fact. really true, that's astonishing. That's so, incredible. So uh, that was the Verizon one. Here's the T-Mobile one, and and basically all the you know all the nerds who really follow this stuff closely. No offense, nerds who follow <laughs> this stuff closely. Um, <laughs> Some <laughs> offense, nerds. Uh, we're saying you know well they really broke down all the fallacies in Verizon's original um, statement saying this is old data, this is a study that you paid for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, LT what? <laughs> this is the T-Mobile one. In the last two years, Verizon only added LTE coverage for 5 million people. T-Mobile, they added 100 million. Verizon didn't tell you that, did they? T-Mobile doubled its LTE. Okay, so now the balls have gone away and they're into their uh, – oh, no, more balls. They're, but they were showing the, um, the the map. The T-Mobile really kind of like – I feel like T-Mobile had an ad campaign that um, this is, you know, five years ago or whatever. It was all over the place. It was the coverage map. And yes. it became like – I'm pretty sure that T-Mobile led the, led the charge on that. And then these other companies started releasing their own maps again as kind right. of a response. And I actually think – just to digress a, a little bit, I thought that those coverage maps were much more compelling to me as a – you know, carrier as a consumer of uh, of a cell phone plan, uh, because what you would see is like they would show people in like a mall or wherever um, a map of the T-Mobile coverage, and it's so there's so much pink on the map that you can recognize it's the United States. Yeah, right. And then they would show them the map of you know the the Verizon coverage or the Sprint coverage, and it would not be enough to to. to show that it represents the whole United States. Because it was so spotty. Because it was so spotty. So uh, I thought actually that, as far as visuals go... Uh, was much more effective. Well, I think these... Um, That's all how you fl- how you right. slice and dice the data. I mean, all of these companies have coverage all over America. It's like they, if they define it in these very narrow ways, like, you know, 4G, LTE, like right. they, they, they slice it up so that like by their very specific metrics, they are saying a an arguably true fact about how they outshine their competitors. But... Ultimately, we all know, like, you can get cell phone coverage wherever. You know what it reminds me of as I was um, doing some reading about all of these claims that Verizon made and the response ads and why the other companies are mad about the claims, et cetera, et cetera. It is exactly like politics. It is exactly <laughs> like Rubio making a claim about whether it's poll numbers or public opinion about something. And then and then um, Cruz coming back and saying, well, that's not true if you look at it this way. Or, you know, I, I'm just pulling – using those guys as generic politicians uh, who happen to be in the current – 
cycle. But you know, in and you know, all the all the politicos and pollsters just kind of slicing and dicing yeah. the information and saying, well, your claims are no good over here. And the only thing that really matters is like what is catching the public's attention, what's right in front of their face, and what is their takeaway. Like honestly, debating the merits of a poll that may or may not be a year old versus six months old. Like, people are not paying attention to that. And I still think at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, who was your carrier? Did you have a bad experience? Will you renew or not? And if not, you're going to go to one of the other ones. That's why they're all desperate to tell you that they'll pay your change fees now. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yes. Uh, Let me just, for the sake of getting through all three of these, let my OCD just play the third commercial. But then I want to come back to something that you mentioned to me the other day that's really interesting about that change fee thing. Oh, what, who is this now? Sprint. Sprint. Recently, Verizon had to use tiny red balls to try to make you think they had a much better network. But there's one big thing they left out. The new Sprint LTE Plus network delivers faster download speeds than Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. It's not about how many balls you have. Park. It's how fast your balls are. Yes, and how big they are. <laughs> <laughs> These are very big balls, by the way. Rates in half. Switch to Sprint and save fifty percent on most. There's so many ball puns we're leaving on the table here. By the way, that's because you know what? Welcome. You know what? Ten-year-old Aaliyah is listening, and we (laughs) don't need to do that to her. Okay. Wait till she's 14. They'll lay all those puns on you. Um, You were mentioning the other day how the big thing. You were just saying this to me off the air that the big thing that you're seeing as far as a trend in these f- cell phone companies is we'll we'll pay your your transfer fee or what mm-hmm. did you call it? Essentially, if you break your contract with your existing carrier, you know you're on the hook for the remainder of that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Sprint, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT and T. The last thing they want you to do is not go with their service because of you know three hundred dollars that you don't want to pay. So they're all offering to pay up to a couple hundred dollars, I think, of your change fee. And the reason they're they're to doing get you that, out of your contract. and the, the, what you mentioned the other day that is so obviously true, I, but I hadn't just thought of it that way was you know of course in the nineties and early two thousands we're still getting people to sign up for their first cell phones ever. Mm-hmm. Now everybody, almost everybody who's going to have a cell phone has one now. So now it's like, well, how do you choose which carrier to go with? I mean. I think that's that's an interesting question. And again, we're pretty far afield here. But yes, in a market that is saturated, all you can do is shift customers around. There isn't some untapped, in America anyway, population of people who need cell phones or cell phone mm-hmm. cover, or cell phone carriers. Kind of similar to the, what I was reading about um, with the uh, fast food wars a few years ago. The big thing was, listen, everybody who's eating fast food is eating fast food. So everybody was clamoring to make it themselves the breakfast place. Like the breakfast meal was where companies were like, this is what we need to tap into now because everybody who's getting a hamburger – at, from a fast food place at lunchtime is already doing that. Now, like, how can we expand our consumer base? Yeah, there's actually uh, – this, this is, I think, a good example of that. There's a theory in business called um, the Blue Ocean Theory um, mm. where you essentially create a new market. Like, uh, in so many fields, it is it is a saturated thing. So, like, everybody who's who's eating a hamburger is already eating hamburger. It's your job as a marketer to make them eat McDonald's hamburger, not Burger King's hamburger. Mm-hmm. But in the blue ocean theory, you create a whole new category of something. So like Cirque du Soleil is actually a really good example of this. Like all the people who were going to circuses were going to Barnum and Bailey or whatever. And maybe, you know, they maybe have like a little bit of competition from, uh, I think big apple circus or something. But you, with with Cirque du Soleil, they created a whole new category of entertainment, of circus entertainment. No animals, no. Uh, it's it's much more for grownups, like circus for grownups, and it created this blue ocean of a marketplace. So there's actually like it, there's like whole business 
courses on that idea. Don't you think it should be called the Blue Man Group Strategy, not the Blue Ocean Strategy? Then, <laughs> I mean, I can put you in touch with Harvard Business Review. You can see if you you can see if they'll take your suggestion. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, one of the most famous, I, I think, um, campaign battles, for lack of a better word, or response campaigns, was the Mac versus PC. These started back in two thousand six, and I mean, they're so iconic. These mm-hmm. are the ones with. Uh, John Hodgman, and he was kind of the stuffy guy instead of a, in front of a white screen representing a a dorky PC. And then you had uh, Justin Long, is that the other guy's yep. name, who's like this you know kind of cool looking hip guy, and he's uh, personifying a Mac. And they go back and forth talking about their functionality, and you you just would feel like such a nerd if you were in John John Hodgman's camp. Yeah, uh, this was an incredibly successful campaign. It ran for four years, I think, starting in tw- uh, two thousand six. And it, there were 66 spots in all, so that's an inc- that's an incredibly wow. uh, long running and uh, very frequent campaign. Uh, in 2010, Adweek called the that Get a Mac campaign uh, the best advertising campaign of the first uh, decade of the new century. Let's listen to the just the very very first one. I mean. Again, as you said, there were 66 of these, and I'm sure everybody has their favorite one. Um, this was the, the one that, that launched them all. Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. You know, we use a lot of the same kinds of programs. Yeah, like Microsoft Office. But uh, we retain a lot of what makes us us. But you should see what this guy can do with a spreadsheet. It's insane. <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah, and he knows that I'm better at life stuff, like music, pictures, movies, stuff like that. Well, what, what, what exactly do you mean by better? By better, I mean making a website or photo book is easy for me, and for you, it's not. Oh, oh, that kind of better. Yeah. I, I was thinking of the other kind. <laughs> Last week on the show, um, we were talking about how, generally speaking, PCs and uh, even Android phones and stuff like that really speak to functionality in their advertisements. And for a long time, Mac and Apple really sold more of a kind of a lifestyle and a feeling and a, a, I identify with this brand as opposed to the functionality these ads kind of do both don't they yeah they that i think that's probably why they were so successful uh they they were able to establish a clear um identity kind of breakdown along identity lines where um particularly for a younger audience it was clear who you wanted to be but of the 66 ads they they each basically focus on some sort of functionality Uh, i think it's sort of interesting that in that first one um the the Mac camp, the Mac spokesman the Justin Long character acknowledges the ways in which PCs were more suited for business. He talks about spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. He talks about Office, um, and or or even if it's Office for Win, even if it's Office for Mac, it's still a Microsoft product. Um, over the four years that this campaign ran, and even you know now in the in the current climate, um, Mac's gotten much more aggressive about presenting themselves as a business. Mm. Uh, a business-friendly OS and and hardware. You might think of PCs and Macs kind of battling in the ad space for for decades now, going all the way back to 1984, like the year 1984, with like what is the most famous – I think it's like the most famous Super Bowl commercial ever, if not one of them. And it's the, you know, 1984 Orwellian uh, commercial. Everybody's automatons. The Think Different campaign. Think Different. Somebody comes in representing representing an Apple computer or Macintosh and, you know, throws a big heavy hammer and smashes the whole system. And you think different. Microsoft and PCs never 
responded directly to all of the slings and arrows that Mac had been sending them in commercials for years and Mm -hmm. years until after this campaign began in 2006, finally Microsoft decides to strike back. Yeah, I was actually working for Microsoft or working for um, one of their vendors when this ad came out. And that Get a Mac campaign must have just really hurt them and and probably, you know, cut into their business because they did fire back directly with this I'm a PC ad. Do you want to give it a play? Yeah, and what I want to mention is at first, the very this is a, a full minute ad I'm going to play. The very first shot, which is about two seconds long, you see somebody who looks Hodgman-esque yeah. standing in front of a complete white background. So it's clear from that very beginning that it's a direct response. But after that first couple of seconds, it moves on and they get away from the white screen thing. And it no longer seems like kind of a direct parody of those Mac ads. Now they're going out into the world and uh, and meeting all these people who identify as PCs, not just Macs. Hello. I'm a PC, and I've been made into a stereotype. I'm a PC, and I'm not what you call hip. I'm a PC, and I wear glasses. I wear glasses. Hey, I wear glasses. I wear jeans. And I study jeans. And I design jeans. And I design green buildings. I'm a PC, and I study the law. And I practice the law. And I challenge the law. I'm a PC, and I blog for Obama. And I broadcast for McCain. And I have a beard. I'm a PC and I have three rings. I'm a PC and I have one ring. I turn number two into energy. I'm a PC and I want to protect these. I'm a PC and I'm connected to more than a billion others worldwide. Roger that, Houston. I'm a PC. And my name is Roger. I'm a PC. I'm a PC. I'm a PC. Yeah, I'm a PC too. I'm a PC and a human being. Not a human doing, not a human thinking, a human being. I'm a PC and I sell fish. I, I think that this is true, and I would need to double-check myself, but the guy who plays the the Hodgman proxy at the very beginning mm-hmm. there, I think he was actually a Microsoft employee, and they found him in the, you know, within the thousands and thousands of people who work in Redmond uh, at Microsoft, they found a guy who was... Uh, enough who looked enough like John Hodgman mm-hmm. that from a distance dressed up with the glasses and the then the brown sports coat he was credibly John Hodgman I think there might have been a story about it. I'll try to find it I wish I knew exactly when this commercial came out I'm gonna guess around 2008 I see it was posted to YouTube around 2008 and it probably you know it was probably 2007 or eight or something what I just noticed watching this is this is an early commercial to do something that is a big trend now that we've talked about, which is mixing kind of normal everyday people with celebrities. Like we see a few normal everyday people. Then like you point out, we see the real Bill Gates in mm-hmm. there. Then a bunch of normal people. Then like a real astronaut. Then a bunch of normal people. Then a football player. Yeah. I, I think he was talking about Super Bowl rings. I don't know who that person was. I, and he's I, it married went by to so um, uh, that actress from uh, Desperate Housewives. Oh, so both. Oh, OK. See, so yeah, that whole if it, if it comes to having to understand what goes on in pop culture, I won't be able to get it. But anyway, that that's kind of interesting that yeah. way back then Microsoft was doing that. Microsoft does not get a lot of credit for its uh, its campaigns. Like yep. I actually think the this campaign was pretty good. I also think this is something we've talked about in private a lot. I think they suffer from uh, – <laughs> unlike, unlike Verizon, they don't have as many balls like I, I, or as much balls because it seems like if, it's, if they release a campaign that's a little bit edgy or, or not perfect, they pull it right away. They don't yeah. stick with it. That's what happened with the Seinfeld Bill Gates campaign. I thought it got pulled uh, very quickly because it was kind of weird and edgy and not Microsoft-y. 
and um, it was sort of deemed a failure, I felt, before it had a chance to even succeed. Um, I, you know, as I've said several times on this show, I, I used to work uh, with Microsoft and, and for one of their um, major vendors, and I have a lot of affection for Microsoft, so anything I'm saying that sounds critical of them is really uh, done with love, because I, I do, I, I, I am a, a happy and loyal PC user. You're a PC I'm a PC. You're a PC. I'm a podcaster and I'm a PC. <laughs> I'm a PC are. as well, by the way, just, just for the record. So let's talk about more kind of battle ads, uh, as I'm apparently now calling them. <laughs> um, I thought that there was going to be more in the fast food realm, and we kind of couldn't come up with a, a really good example of somebody kind of like straight – straight on parodying somebody else's ad or taking on somebody's campaign, but I may just not be thinking of it. You know, there's the, the fast food wars are so ubiquitous and constant, and there's more than two players. So, um, you know, you have Burger King, you have McDonald's, there's Wendy's, um, there's and then there's the whole sort of, there's Jack in the Box, there's Carl's Jr. It's a big playing field, and I think it doesn't, it's not in anyone's interest um, to specifically take on an individual competitor, you see the responses, but they're they're more subtle and they're less um, direct. You did you made this ad, so we're making that. Yeah, ad. the one that you did find though isn't so much like that taking on a specific campaign. But uh, Taco Bell did. Um, uh, oh, good goodness! We just mentioned before the breakfast wars um, that that you know in the past several years. Fast food companies are all trying to get consumers on board with going to their restaurant for breakfast. And this is an example of that. Uh, Taco Bell, in its campaign to get people to start eating their breakfast instead of, let's say, McDonald's, went out and found a bunch of supposedly real people named Ronald McDonald from around the United States and then had them try uh, Taco Bell's breakfast. To show you just how much people are loving Taco Bell's all-new breakfast, we asked some very special people. My name is Ronald McDonald. You're who? I am Ronald McDonald. I'm Ronald McDonald Jr., and this is Ronald McDonald III. My name is Ronald McDonald. What do you think? It's really good. I was surprised how good it is. I love the new AM Crunch Wrap. I'm Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. I'm Ronald McDonald, and I love Taco Bell's new breakfast. A delicious new breakfast everyone can love, even Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I think that's a clever conceit, although I will say I remembered that ad, but I thought it was for Burger King. <laughs> I, uh, I do want to point out here that there's this very... Very, very small writing, you know, the the fine print that happens at the bottom of the commercial. And I looked at it this time because I was like, I'll bet you these people are not actually named Ronald McDonald. Um, and I thought maybe the, the fine print would tell me that. They don't concede that. But the, the fine print that airs for a second during this ad says, quote, these Ronald McDonald's are not affiliated with McDonald's Corporation and were individually selected as paid endorsers of Taco Bell breakfast. But man, they sure did love it. Oh, that's good. That's a good fine print writing. That's not so. Yeah, exactly. To all the fine print writers out there, I'm surprised you would think that this was all like you. You're so skeptical of everything you see uh, in commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't find it hard to believe at all that with a little bit of money and some free cr- AM crunch wraps, you could find, you know, it looks like thirty ro- guys named Ronald McDonald in America to endorse your product. You know, I was a little bit skeptical. Because aside from the the older gentleman in this, I was like, who would name their who kid? would name their kid Ronald McDonald? Like, you know, there's a 14 year old kid who's in this Ronald McDonald the third. Like, he was, you know, 
Clearly born in the 2000s, why are you naming your kid Ronald if your last name is McDonald? Well, they clearly got a senior and a junior. It sounds like it's a family tradition. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, let's see here. Your favorite of these, I think, and we'll probably just leave it here for now, uh, was the Mercedes versus Jaguar ads. I, I love this pair of ads. I think the, the Jaguar is the perfect diss track. The first one is the Mercedes ad that was uh, for a feature called Magic Body Control, which is, by the way, terrible. Um, it's an actual feature, by the way, in the car. Yeah, it's a feature of the car, and I I assume that it has something to do with um, the ability to be very stable on the road, you know, despite turning and and any kind of maneuvering that the car is doing. So, do you the, want to know exactly what it is? Because oh, sure. your co-host went to Car and Driver magazine and looked this up. Please, and, enlighten me. You know, me. if you're going to do some research, you might as well not not hide that light under a bushel. <laughs> um, this is a quote from Car and Driver magazine. Uh, MBC, or the, uh, what is it, Magic Body Control, uses a specialized camera that scans the road and transmits the data to the car's active body control system in time for it to compensate for imperfections such as speed bumps and potholes. Oh, well, that sounds kind nice. of interesting. So the ad uh, features real chickens, which are being held by uh, sort of, you know, hands where you don't see the, the disembodied hands. Uh, and as uh, Diana Ross's upside down plays, uh, they move the chickens around and the chicken bodies move, but their heads stay exactly stable and the same it's just i guess a function of chickens yeah and i was reading in a couple of different places uh i think it was car and driver that was really praising them for saying this is a complicated system and you could you know do an ad where you really explain like i just did in a nerdy way what uh active body control is or magic body control or whatever but instead they they chose this visual which is so i think it's very compelling as visual and i didn't do any research like you did but i still got the gist of what they were Explaining that it that it creates stability at all times, so I think that was a very visually appealing ad. But it's also kind of a weird visual. You have these disembodied hands holding a bunch of chickens up, shaking them around to upside down. Right. Yeah. While their heads stay completely stable. Now that was the original ad, and then um, who uh, Jaguar comes out with a response. Yes. Uh, Jaguar has an ad where a chicken is being uh, held up and moved around, just like in the first one. Um, and I forget what song they're playing. Can you play that one? Yeah, let me see I don't see think it's here. upside down. So sort of a similar disco vibe. So now the chicken's being moved around. Um, it's a little more corny, cornily presented. You see the researcher actually dancing with the chicken. Just like a Mercedes. Huh? Then you hear off screen uh, a growl. And next thing you know, you're looking at a jaguar and a bunch of feathers have are flying around. And the Jaguar tagline says, we prefer cat-like reflexes. Yes. And also, it's kind of like, a, we're not even going to get into this whole, like, what is your functionality? We are Jaguar. Yeah. And you want to be part of our team, I sort of feel like. That's right. Or you want to identify with our brand. We're a sexier company than this, than holding up these chickens, which is a little bit of a, a goofy... Uh, way of, of talking about your product is a pretty good it's pretty good diss by the way but at um, the same time this is something i did want to say before we yeah. move on to uh, our next segment i feel that there is an element in any in any case where a product or a company is having to respond to an initial advert an advertisement in any like when this with sprint and t-mobile having to respond to verizon with um taco bell having to respond to or acknowledge the existence of ronald mcdonald Jaguar having to acknowledge the existence of Mercedes. To some degree, 
you're ceding some territory to your competitor just by acknowledging that they got to you or that you're having to respond. Well, I think the the Mac one, the, I was surprised that the 2000, the very, very original Mac one is actually the best example of that saying, okay, we know that they do, you know, their Windows media suite well, but guess what? We can do that now too. Plus we have a bunch of other stuff. Right. But then you look at Microsoft, which had steadfastly ignored all of the Mac campaigns, the 1984 ad. Finally, finally, it gets under their right, skin right. and they have to say hey, I'm not just this John Hodgman nerd character. Right. It kind of reminds me, I went to school in the Northeast and, uh, you know, Harvard was kind of the, Harvard's the big dog, you know, everywhere, but especially in the Northeast. And any school bookstore that you went to that wasn't Harvard, you know, BU, BC, my own college, you could find in the in the student bookstore a, a t-shirt that had some variation on um, blank, because not everybody can go to Harvard or mm. blank, the Harvard of, you know, whatever their claim to fame was. Right. Go to the Harvard bookstore. You will not find a T-shirt that says any other school <laughs> right, name. Right, of course. And it's just to me telling that when a competitor has to acknowledge their com- their competition, the competition is doing well. Mm-hmm. I do think that Harvard had a series of T-shirts that said the Tufts of <laughs> Law schools? No, am I remembering that incorrectly? I think you might be. Yeah, maybe. I, I probably, think you that. I probably am. Speaking, actually, okay, that was a horrible joke. But uh, let let's try to clear our palate a little bit here <laughs> with a with a real joke by professional joke makers. Uh, it was your idea to include this, and um, it's it's like I have I have edited this down to three minutes. I don't care. I'm just gonna let's just play all three minutes of this great sketch. Yeah. From uh, Mr. Show. From the wonderful uh, Mr. Show sketch comedy show from the 90s my grandfather started selling good food to good people back in 1926 and i tried hard to keep his dreams alive by selling quality produce at the lowest prices you know we may not be as big and fancy as some other stores but what's so fancy about high prices gibbons the old-timey good place with 15 convenient locations Sure, Gibbons Markets may save you a dime on select items, but this week at Fairsley Foods, all our produce is 25% off, and you'll never find a rat. Good prices, no rats. That's the Fairsley difference. This week at Gibbons Markets, we're having our Harvest Time Red Tag Sale. All red tagged items are 40 cents off. Oh, and just to let you know, we've never had a rat here at Gibbons. I, I don't know what that was in reference to, but uh, if you're looking for savings, look to Gibbons. Gibbons, with 15 convenient locations. This week at Fairsley Foods, pork chops $1.29 a pound, farm fresh eggs $2.15 a dozen, and unlike some places, you'll always find apples. That's the Fairsley difference. We've got apples. We've got apples. Look, we've always had apples. So how is that a difference? It's not. Uh, This week at Gibbons Markets, with any purchase you make, you'll receive an apple for free. Gibbons, now with nine locations. This week at Fairsley Foods, Circle O's cereal is only $3.49 a box. 
And at Fairsley, you can shop comfortably, knowing your children will not be abducted, then shipped off to a Pakistani whorehouse, where they'll spend the rest of their lives in homoerotic servitude. Come in with your kids, leave with your kids. That's the Fairsley difference. I love children. I assure you, as a, as a grandfather of five, that no child has ever, ever been taken from a Gibbons market. Ever. But to ease your mind, uh, I've installed a, 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 an extremely expensive, very expensive, state-of-the-art security system in all of our markets. Hi, new policy today? Each child is fitted with a tracking collar. It uses radio waves. Come to Gibbons Markets. Squash is on sale. Gibbons. Now with three exclusive locations. <laughs> Best uh, joke is how the number of locations yep. get smaller with each ad. That's the incomparable David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. All right. You want to talk about the uh, Super Bowl? Let's talk about the Super Bowl. I'm or sorry. The uh, big game. The big game. <laughs> <laughs> get the big game to avoid copyright infringement after we just played three minutes of somebody else's sketch comedy and now yeah. I'm playing the Fox Sports theme. You know, we're not lawyers. <laughs> we have a hazy understanding of uh, fair use and copyright law. Uh, if you are a lawyer who's listening, uh, we are going to need some representation, yeah. so please uh, call the listener line, or have your kid call the listener line. <laughs> we'll take your kid lawyer as well. Um, so the Super Bowl obviously has not happened yet. It's coming up this Sunday, uh, but as is the tradition more and more these days, in this internet age we live in, um, the the Super Bowl commercial buzz begins before the Super Bowl, yeah. uh, before anybody ever even takes the field. Um, so what What's on the horizon this time? The ad that I feel like has, has been the buzziest uh, ad is an ad for Shock Top Beer, which I think is an Anheuser-Busch uh, uh, brand. Yes, yes, it is. And uh, the comedian T.J. Miller, uh, you probably know him from Silicon Valley, is sitting at the bar and he ends up having a, a sort of an an insult off with the um, animated Shock Top head, which is like uh, or logo, which is like a little orange slice with a mohawk and some sunglasses. So, His name is Wedgehead, Veeve. Oh, Please excuse me. Him. That's Mr. Wedgehead. <laughs> um, and I think, um, you know, we should play this just because uh, I, I think T.J. Miller, who we've we've played in other, uh, we, we did, I think, uh, a vodka ad with him oh, yeah. on this show. Right. I think he's a talented and very funny he's comedian. He's so great. And um, I think this is also noteworthy because there's a new movie coming out called Deadpool um, in which he and Ryan Reynolds are the main characters. And I know in a lot of the ads for that movie, there are clips of him insulting uh, the Ryan Reynolds character and sort of like in the same style. Oh, really? That is that's being done in this uh, ad. So I think whether it's an explicit cross promotion or not, there is certainly um, a little bit of an echo of that new movie he's in. Hey, okay, right there, ready. <laughs> TJ, over here, little orange head, flavorful body. What the? Now, do we have to mention, did you mention that he's wearing sunglasses, the little wedge head thing? I think so. The sunglasses is kind of a visual joke that keeps coming up. What do you bought? I like your style. Who are, what are you? What is you? Yeah, you look like an unemployed Civil War general. Yeah, well, there's not a lot of work for Civil War generals right now. <laughs> you look like you're about to get evicted from your parents' basement. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You look like you've recently been evicted from your parents' orange crate. 
You look like you're on a cleanse that doesn't work. Do you realize that your sunglasses move when you talk? It's kind of my thing. It's terrifying. You look like your pet turtle is the only one you can lean on for emotional support. Derek's a good listener. Is it difficult to give up your dream of becoming a punk rocker to manage an electronics store in San Diego? You look like you were raised in the wild, but your dad, Wolf, worked a lot. Well, yeah. So you had to bring home that wolf bacon. <laughs> Do you consider fresh squeezed orange juice murder? You look like a toddler who took a growth serum. And you're a citrus snowboard instructor? You look like an out-of-work magician. It's a hobby. I feel like you peaked in middle school. You're awfully sassy for someone without a torso. I think your superpower is breathing heavy. <laughs> That would be a pretty good superpower, actually. People would know you're there. Mm-hmm. Now, your mother was an orange. Was your father medical marijuana? You look like you broke your yoga mat. Do you even have eyes under there? Hey, I got a movie idea for you. Okay. This loser walks into a bar. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's called Right Now. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Or is it touch? Touching. <laughs> I have a strong feeling that um, they let... The, those two... I don't know who's doing the voice of, the, uh, the, of Mr. Wedge. What is it? Wedgie? Wedgehead. We- Mr. Wedgehead. Mr. Wedgehead. I don't know who's doing the voice of Wedgehead, but I have a feeling that uh, those two actors were just sort of allowed to go nuts. Because you can tell, I think T.J. Miller's clearly responding naturally to some of those. You know what I was thinking? I was kind of thinking the opposite. I was thinking, we love these days feeling like people are improvising and breaking a little bit. That I got the impression that they told T.J. Miller to act like he's improvising he's a comedian though i mean what do you think those were really written out they're so they're disjoint they're just disjointed enough that it feels like it would be a strange thing to write maybe you're maybe you're writing we're really through the looking glass i'm just i'm so you know me i'm cynical about it i know you think every you think there's a there's a veil over everything there is a veil over everything um i love that ad let's move on uh oh this one i you've mentioned that you, you said that that one we just talked about i can't i can't even remember the shock top beer um you said that's getting the most buzz now you've done way more reading on this than i have the one that i that keeps on popping up and every time i go to um I don't know, the Huffington Post or Slate or whatever, I'm always seeing in the banner uh, little articles about this Bud Light campaign with Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen, which right now they've only released a teaser for. Yeah, I actually think there's a reason uh, that I said that the Shock Top one was buzzier. Mm -hmm. I think that the coverage that this Bud Light uh, one teaser that Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen are getting is actually much more um, purchased media oh yeah um i know you know like that that shock top ad hasn't that i've seen hasn't been aired on tv whereas this teaser for the schumer rogan ad has been aired on tv a lot and i think that they're paying for a lot of marketing of this so and coverage almost and coverage yeah yeah. so i think that their buzz is purchased and i would say that the shock tops uh uh, which is you know but bud is a, a competitor with with Bush, right? Or with Anheuser Bush? I think so, yeah. Budweiser and Bush are different companies. I, don't, so. I, I really don't get this. They're clearly going for some something related to the political season, the 2016 presidential election. So all we know so far about this campaign is it has something to do with the Bud Light Party. And so we see Amy Schumer and Seth Rogen kind of, um, I guess, getting dressed. They start both in their robes, and then as the commercial progresses, they both put on, like, they both put on... Uh, 
spanks and are trying to gussy themselves up as much as possible. And then it ends with them being in, you know, they, they both look good, but they look like they're kind of dressed in Beltway-esque fashion, yes. just sort of bland, political She's wearing a dress. He's wearing a suit or whatever. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I'll just. Should I play the audio? Is there anything? Sure, really play the to... audio. I agree. I. I don't. This teaser has hasn't grabbed me except for the fact that I do like Amy Schumer a lot and and Seth Rogen too. Yeah. Um. So it's enough of a teaser for me to know that. Oh, I'll want to see what the big payoff is. But they've been hyping it so much that it better be good. Yeah, I'm. I just kind of get the impression that like. It's funny. I don't want to know what the big pay... I, I have a feeling the big payoff is going to be pretty lame. But anyway, let's take a listen. Really got to get the elbows. Can we get the middle of my back? There is no middle. It kind of makes much of the fact that they're they're both sort of squeezing into clothes that are probably a little too small for you. Yeah, them. There is, there's hardly any words in that at all. So when he says you got to get the elbows, he's putting like lotion on his elbows and then she puts some lotion on his back or something. Um, anyway, that's that's a teaser. I guess, you know, Bud Light's going to do something. I was looking at – oh, you, you mentioned actually a listener sent in a little reminder for us to mention that USA Today every year around this time leading up to the Super Bowl does like a Super Bowl ad tracker or something like that. I don't that. know if it's every year. I know this year they're doing it. Um, you can sign up for it. Uh, the link is on our Facebook page. Uh, thank you to listener Chris for uh, posting it. Uh, and I believe that with um, by providing some uh, identifying information, if you're willing to sign up for it, um, you can live rate the ads that are airing during the Super Bowl and they can you know, get that data to see what how people are responding to it. I mean, it's probably interesting marketing data for, for them or for the, the advertisers themselves, but I think it's more just like, a way of kind of doing customer engagement or reader engagement um, for USA Today. Yeah, I know that the site has been up for a long time. They might not have done that live thing before, but I know that USA Today has always had this page set up because I've been there before, and it always goes kind of dormant in between the Super Bowls. Um, And uh, I I was looking at another thing that they're doing, and it's kind of they're doing all kinds of stuff on the page, and one of the things they're doing is they're kind of counting down with an NCAA bracket-esque system of like what will be the kind of labeled the best Super Bowl ad of all time. Mm-hmm. And they're not using that from listener or viewer input, actually. They're using all kinds of statistical stuff and feedback. And the only thing I'm getting at here is they're down to the top four commercials right now, and three of them are either Budweiser or Bud Light. Yeah. So that's why I mention it now with this Seth Rogen and Amy Schumer thing. It's just like, you know, Budweiser owns the Super they Bowl. Totally they do. own the Super Bowl ads, and so they will, you know, if this one isn't one for the ages, it kind of doesn't matter in the, in the long run. Yeah. They'll also have goddamn horses marching through. There will probably be, you know what I mean? No, I mean, they flooded the zone. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, all right. We're running a little bit long in the tooth here of Super Bowl buzz. Anything else to talk about? We know that Key and Peel is going to do, Key and Peel, the comedians are going to be doing an, an ad for Squarespace. We don't really know much about it right now. Yeah, that one's been kept pretty pretty closely uh, under wraps. There's one with Alec Baldwin and Dan Marino that you can take a look at on uh, YouTube. We'll post it to the the Facebook page. That's pretty funny. And I read a rumor that Steve Harvey will be doing something to make fun of his Miss Universe gaffe. Okay. I'm sure that'll be hilarious. Uh, Let's see. Anything else? No, I think that's that's pretty good. Let's leave the football talk. (laughs) I like the idea that that was football talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's add – let me add one more thing. This is our Super Bowl preview. 
Right. Uh, we will be doing um, our next episode will be post Super Bowl and we'll talk about you know what actually played out and we'll have a little bit more of a beat on what everybody's talking about the next day. So um, this is kind of just uh, we're, we're I guess we're just really wringing as much uh, blood from this stone as we possibly can. And of course, you know, let us know uh, what you're either looking forward to or I, I mean, I'm hoping that you guys, speaking of flooding the zone, I hope hope you guys will flood our zone um, after the Super Bowl. Good Lord, I wish I hadn't put it that way. But uh, our Facebook page is After These Messages Show. Uh, email is After These Messages Show at gmail.com. And again, that voicemail number is 607-444-5597. Again, it's 607- 607-444-5597. And speaking of, let's go ahead and just uh, check in with the Ad Council right now. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Bees, what do you want to start with? Well, we heard from listener Andy uh, responding to last week's show about the animals uh, oh, yeah. used in advertising, and uh, he shared one that I love. Um, it It is uh, notable for having, I think, a pretend animal, but it, I think it qualifies. And I just wanted to, to say thank you for sending in. This is a, a direct TV ad from probably more than a few years ago now mm-hmm. um, that uh, features a tiny giraffe. We just play it. It's just a funny ad. Yeah, it's a, it's a guy walking through the most opulent uh, mansion you can imagine uh, with just everything is encrusted with gold. And it looks it's like- It's a real shot at like- Russian oligarchs, basically. And and also kind of a a shot at uh, the difference between wealth and class. Mm -hmm. Opulence. I has it. I like the best. This one. But I also like savings the money. So when DirecTV tell me five months free for most premium televisions package, I jump in it. Now, here's where the animal comes in. Yeah. So he's sitting on a couch next to two beautiful, I guess, models or something. Let's, so, just, let's just say models. Let's just, yeah, <laughs> let's hope for the best. But then as the camera pulls out, you also notice that he's sitting next to a tiny, tiny, tiny little giraffe that I guess we can assume cost him. I the- love the idea. <laughs> I think tiny giraffe rich is a pretty great description. Yeah. Let's just play it out. And it gives it a little kiss. <laughs> that is a good ad. Thanks for sending that in, uh, listener Andy. Uh, also, oh, I mentioned this at the top of the show. This is so exciting to me. <laughs> Tell us about the old VW ad. This was an ad that I remember watching. Um, I, I couldn't find on, on a very quick search. I couldn't find what year it came out, but it has to have been what twelve years ago? Do you I'm think? Say yeah, maybe about a decade ago. I mean, a yeah. long time ago. Um, it is a, an ad. All you see is a VW sitting kind of alone in a parking lot. It's silent. In the in the driver's seat, you see a guy played by a very young uh, Tony Hale. Uh, just like he seems, to, he's doing something. He's like rocking out to some degree, but it's to something. But it's very it's silent. Uh, and then as soon as uh, his buddy walks up and opens the car door, you see that it's full blast Mr. Roboto and he's doing uh, a dance to Mr. Roboto in the driver's seat. And right. the, the idea is 
you know, the soundproofing of this car is, is incredible. Right. And that the speakers inside and, and the sound system is incredible. Uh, I remember this commercial now that I've seen it again. I, and I remember it really fondly. There's no point in playing it because, as we said, most of it is just silence. But the guy is just like rocking out in the car and pretending to be a robot. But it, the first time you see the ad, you have no idea what it's building up to. And it's a fantastic punchline. Yeah. Um, and I would have never been able to tell you that that's Tony Hale. He's no. so young. Now that you know it's him, you can see it. But he looks really young. And, uh, of course, Tony Hale goes on to play uh, Buster Bluth in one of our, maybe I can just say, our favorite TV show, our favorite comedic TV show yeah, of all I time. Mean, top, Arrested top Development. three, for sure. And uh, Buster, if you are unfamiliar with the show, uh, at one point, spoiler alert, loses his hand to a loose seal and uh, has to get a hook instead. And um, I, I'm not going to play the tape because it's just pretty visual, but at one point, they flash back to him as Buster Bluth uh, kind of doing Mr. Roboto in the car. Yeah. Only he's got a he hook tells, for a He's hand. telling uh, his mother, Lucille, that he, his hook is at the shop, and then you see why it's at the shop it's because he like ripped it off doing uh, the robot in the car to mr roboto so what a great little shout out to this old part of his career that it's funny without knowing about that but it's really nice i love i love knowing the little the little joke that they're making about mm-hmm. this like old old v-dub ad from however long ago Let's um, just do one more. Um, uh, let's talk about the Axe body spray one. And, sure, and a couple we'll f- people have brought this one to our attention. Yeah, um, and it's, it's getting a lot of buzz kind of all over the place. So Axe body spray, as we've discussed on the show before, um, just their their commercials just sort of emphasize if you'll excuse the generalization, the douchebaggery of the product. I mean, it just really seems like that that's that's the their target audience it's, are kind of D-bags. It is. And it's it's always, or at least it has historically always been predicated on um our products will help you get girls. And it's for men it's it's targeting men um in these very young men. hetero young men, very heteronormative, very just like straightforward, like frat broy kind of. Yeah, this is how you get girls to you know notice you uh, romantically and sexually, and it's just it's a it's a tiresome, boring idea. And I think a lot of people, myself included, like just had no patience for the whole axe kind of um, aesthetic. Um, until now. And what they're doing now is they're they're kind of I, – I assume that they're responding to I would guess. the type of reaction that you and I have to those ads. They're probably trying to expand their market a little bit, uh, bring more people on board. But also, to their credit, I would say um, – uh, kind of acknowledge the time that we live in. It's 2016, and, and, and gender norms are changing, and, and the way we look at um, the idea of manliness is mm-hmm. changing. I mean, we're already kind of post. Remember, every, the word on everybody's lips four years ago was metrosexual. You don't hear that word anymore. But just this idea of like what it means to be a man is not always just like you know frat boy culture or whatever. So I'm going to play this ad. It's all voiceover. Um, but you should know that the visuals are showing all kinds of men being men in their unique way. Yeah. And some of it will be self-explanatory. But, you know, one shot that really stands out is kind of the the the, the shot in the air that everybody's talking about is the, they even show a guy who's dancing. He's like he's totally glammed up. He's wearing high heels and he's yeah. just doing this amazing, you know, kickflip dance. There's a guy in a wheelchair at one point. You'll kind of hear that referenced. And, you know, it, it begins talking about this guy who's got a big nose. And so it's just kind of it rattles through all the different ideas of, of what it means to be a man or really be yourself. Come on, a six pack. 
Who needs a six-pack when you got the nose? Or a nose when you got the suit? Now you don't need a suit when you got the moves. Or moves when you got the fire. Or fire when you rock those heels. And heels when you ride those wheels. Looks, man, who needs looks when you got the books? I'm actually going to pause it there. That was another little shot that I kind of forgot about that I think is kind of important. You see a couple of nerdy guys either in a record store or I guess a bookstore. Maybe a book and record store. Doesn't matter. Uh, but I, I think you're seeing there like kind of two nerdy guys who are probably into each other making eyes, right? Was that like kind of a... I think it's ambiguous. Maybe it's know. ambiguous. But I, I think that's kind of the point. Is, is Exactly. Um, Ambiguity. Be, you can, you yes. can be whatever. Exactly. I'll keep going here. Books when you got some balls. And who needs all that when you get the door? When you got the dough, the brains, the touch, the... Oh. That's right. You need some other thing when you got your thing. Now work on it. Listen, I'm not going to give like the Civil Rights Award to Axe Body <laughs> Spray for this. Um, and of course, anything a company does is to help its bottom line. But we've discussed this before. Some companies can both go for their bottom line and be kind of self-aware of the culture around them and maybe do something that has a more positive message as opposed to kind of reiterate a more what I would consider negative yeah, image Yeah, absolutely. Or Advertisers and companies have choices. And they can they can choose to take a higher road, and um, I think you know it, I think they can take a more optimistic view of their customers, like this one does, um, that assumes the best about their customers or potential customers, or they can be fiat and assume right. the worst. That's right. All right, uh, we'll leave that there for now. We have to get out of here. You can sell anything. Thanks to everybody who wrote in, who called in, who posted to our Facebook page. Uh, thanks again to Aaliyah, our 10-year-old listener from um, Ohio, who we heard from earlier in the show. We have been asking to hear from some of our younger ad counselors. If uh, if you're a young listener or if you're a parent and you want to have your kid call in and, and tell us what his or her favorite ad is or their reaction to a commercial on TV, the voicemail number is 607 444 Five five nine seven. Veeves, you want to uh, reiterate the email or whatever? Yeah, um, our email is after these messages show at Gmail. Our Facebook is after these messages show on Facebook. And I wanted to say thank you because we have gotten some great voicemails from um, some young listeners, and we're going to be uh, working those into future shows. Um, so keep them coming because we would love to. Uh, we'd love to have a whole bunch of them to share. Uh, we we love hearing from you. Absolutely. And we're what? Uh, 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 after these messages show at gmail.com. Same thing at Facebook. We do this every Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we will be reviewing the Super Bowl ads. So tune in for that and uh, hit us up on those channels. In the meantime, talk to you then, guys. He's once again back again with the caravan of Manchester, Pakistan. Karachi Posse's out.